Beauty for ashes. 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 testament that God can take your life and turn it around with just one yes. Join me as we tackle the real, expose the enemy, and apply pressure. God wants to give you beauty for ashes, and today we are talking about doing good. What does goodness look like? What does God define as good? Can simply just doing good save you? That's what we're talking about today, y'all, and I think it's so important to have this conversation because we live in a world that believes that we can get to heaven based only on good deeds and that is simply just not true. That is simply just not true. We live in a society where we have grown prone to be people pleasers and the Bible tells us not to seek the approval of man. And a lot of times by going by and living by this false attitude of what good is, we are seeking the approval of man through that. But what does God say good is and how can we be um, proven as good to God. Galatians 1 and 10 says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So it literally says here that if you're trying to please man, you're not serving Christ. Both cannot exist at the same time, right? Because nine times out of 10, what God is telling you to do is not going to be in line with what the world is going to be okay with. And that's just point blank, period. Point blank, period, okay? Because I can even speak to that personally. You know, if you try to be transparent with someone who doesn't believe in God, what's the first thing people say? Well, are you sure? Or, you know, I don't really believe that. Or you're God. And it's like, no, 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 right? And that's just how it is, right? But in those areas, in those positions, we have to stand firm on who it is we believe in, who we are, and whose we are, okay? You know, I was real life struggling with getting episodes out, if I'm being real, only because, I don't know, sometimes, if I'm being totally transparent with y'all, I just be sitting here and I'd be like, God, like, I don't even know where to start with this. I do not know. Acting like he ain't give it to me the other times, right? <laughs> um, and so with this episode in particular, um, God gave it to me on Friday, the outline and everything to go forth in. And I'm just, I was just amazed because I thought that he just wanted me to look up the episode and kind of, you know, meditate on it or something. Be like, no, I'm going to give you the whole outline today. <laughs> so here I am with y'all today, just wanting to talk about how it's not enough to just do good. All right. And we're going to kick it how we always kick it. We're going to talk about what good means. So our first definition says, 
Good means to be desired or approved of, okay? I highlighted the word approved, okay? Because a lot of times in the good that we do is either to seek approval of man or seek approval of God. Um, a good example of the approval of man is achieving a life where someone can say, huh, he lived a good life, right? We try to do things and base all, base our lives off of what will people say about me when I'm gone? What will they say about me when I'm gone? When really, what will God say about you when you leave this earth, right? When it comes to judgment, is he going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, mm, I don't know you? <laughs> All right. And so we definitely want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Doing things in our life right? It, it, again, it comes down to either the approval of man or the approval of God. John 12 and 43 says, for they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. How far off do we have to be to love? I mean, literally love the glory of man versus the glory that comes from God. Nothing can exceed the glory that comes from God. Only God is in the position to exalt you. You know what I'm saying? And so like, Literally, to be in that position where I am so caught up on what people have to say that I'm just like, oh, well, God can say what he want, but I need to make sure that my mama, my daddy, my cousins, my friends, my uncles, my followers, um, I need to make sure that they all are okay with what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, God, I heard you say that to say that, but let me make sure, or I'm going to post it, but but if, if don't nobody say nothing or if they respond with negativity, I'm going to delete it because, you know, I got to worry about what they say too. That's not that's not how this works, okay? Specifically speaking, in this, uh, in this verse, the people that were loving the glory that came from man versus the glory that came from God uh, were speaking to the people who were there when Jesus was on earth. Some of them did believe in Jesus, right? But they didn't want to displease the Pharisees. They were too busy thinking about what the Pharisees was going to say and how they was going to be banned had they confessed out of their mouth that they believe in Jesus. And so this speaks very true even now and today, right? We have those people who actually believe in God or are at least curious about getting to know God more, but they've decided not to move further on that path because they're scared of what people will think about them. You know, that was me. If I'm being totally transparent with y'all, I grew up in the church. I grew up being told about who God is, who Jesus is. I believed fully, but I was always afraid of what other people think. I got in relationships that were pulling me further from God. So when I wanted to engage with God, I would stifle myself because I didn't know what the guy would think. I thought that oh, he probably won't want to be with me if I'm too, like, Christian or, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm too religious. Um, uh, a lot of it showed up when I was in college. I was a part of a, a student organization um, with poetry. And, you know, some of y'all that listen to this might know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all might not. But um, the the premise of the organization was that, you know, we, we combined poetry and then we were also a family, right? But in hindsight, looking back on how how much ungodliness was going on up in there <laughs> and me included because I was a part of it and just the things that we were promoting as a group as a whole and just a lot of stuff that happened within it and just thinking about people's spirit hanging in the in the line of all of that um it it makes me wish 
that I would have been more bold. It makes me wish that I would have been more confident in that time. But you know, everything happens for a reason. I am here where I am and I'm I'm right where I need to be. But looking back on it, um, there was a moment when I first started in the organization, y'all, and I did a poem, and uh, the, the scene was in a party. It was dark, of course. The music's playing. Everybody's, like, drunk, high, kicking it. And in the poem, I was standing afar in the corner, and I was literally viewing what was going on. And I was telling us, my generation and everybody at the party, <laughs> basically, um, and in that actual moment, I was telling the people who I was speaking the poem to, that we're better than this, you know? How are we truly different? This was at the time where that song, I'm different, yeah, I'm different, when that song was out. <laughs> and um, I used to, I use that in the poem. I'm like, we scream out we're different, but how are we truly different? How are we truly set apart, right? And so, I mean, that was a way for me to speak out on it, but I was not bold in confessing my beliefs um, to the extent of where it would set me apart. We have to be bold in it, right? We aren't meant to whisper, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Oh yeah, God is good. Oh yeah, yeah, God, you know, God did that for me. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross. That is not what we're called to. <laughs> we are called to speak out on those things, to be loud and proud, to confess it with our mouths and believe within our hearts. When I think of a confession, I don't think of something that's quiet. Okay, confessing is not quiet. That's something that you proclaim, all right? And the reason why I was unable to confess it and walk in that was because I sought after the glory of man, the glory of that organization, the glory of the student body, the people that will come to our events versus the glory that comes from God, okay? And we're not even gonna talk about it today, but a lot of things <laughs> transpire, a lot of things happen. Um, in those experiences, but I just want to give y'all an example of me, like literally choosing the approval of people over the approval of God. Um, so my question for you is who is holding you back from confessing Jesus as your savior? Who is stifling your beliefs? Who is keeping you from that next level because you are so afraid to really be out here and be bold in who it is that God calls you to be? Uh, we're looking at the second definition now, and it says strictly adhering to or fulfilling all the principles of a particular cause, religion, or party. So in this definition, doing good is making sure that you're adhering or fulfilling to principles in a religion, in a party, in a um, particular cause. What I really want to focus on in this definition is, firstly, we should be seeking God first. The Bible says, seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added onto you. For the example of a political party, right, if I find my good in fulfilling the principles of what a Democrat does, fulfilling the, pr the principles of what a Republican does, what a liberal does, I am not pleasing God because the Bible says to seek the kingdom first and it's righteousness, okay? So I should be seeking the kingdom even about things that have to do with politics, even with things that have to do with policy, even with things that have to do with this world. I should be seeking God on those things, okay? I oh, I'm a democrat, so I'm I'm good. I'm good. No. No, 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 no. You know what you are? <laughs> You're a part of the kingdom. 
okay? The kingdom is our political party, if you will, right? Or living for a cause, right? Oh, I did good because I live for this cause and I die by this cause. But let's look at this cause, okay? Did God call you to that? Did God tell you to go and do that for that cause? Because maybe if you would have sought God about that cause, he would have shown you that it was rooted in satanic practices. Maybe if you would have sought God before going hard for this cause, you would have seen that it was rooted in homosexuality. Maybe if you would have sought God before you had gone after that cause, you would have seen that it was rooted in bad doctrine. Okay, do y'all get what I'm saying here? That it's not enough to do good by fulfilling a principle in a religion, a party, or a cause because those things are going to pass away. Those things will pass away. The only thing that will remain is God's word, God's kingdom, and your salvation is what will give you access to that everlasting life, right? So I don't know about y'all, but I'm not about to sit here and continue to seek the approval of something that's passing away. Who wants temporary approval? Who wants that? not me. <laughs> so, um, of course, just even religion. That that one, I feel like is an easy one for you to just be like, oh, you know what? I lived a good life. I was a uh, Baptist missionary and I wore uh, skirts every Sunday and I made sure not to um, watch particular movies and, you know, I pray for my enemies, except for the lady that kept coming to church with pants on, though. You know, I couldn't save her. But you know what I'm saying? Like, these things that we are um, adhering to, are they actually good? You know, if you don't know God, how do you know that what you're doing is what you're called to and that it's pleasing him? That's really what I want to put in the forefront for that second definition. Third definition is... Good is possessing or displaying moral virtue. So this world specifically, oh, he has morals. He's a good person. Yeah, he displays wonderful morals. He's definitely going to heaven. Or let's talk about, and I'm sorry, y'all, but I have to bring it up, where we have family, friends, people, celebrity, anybody that passes away, and we say, oh, they're in a better place now. Oh, they're in heaven. They used to feed children in Africa, so they're in heaven. They gave back to their community, they're in heaven. Y'all, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be funny. But you can have morals and decide that you want to treat people right, that you want to give to a cause, and still not believe in Jesus, and still have sin in your heart, because the Bible says that we were born into sin, okay? So until we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, repented for our sins, turned away from them, and began to live in, in the um, life that God has called us to, we aren't necessarily on the road to heaven. And I know it makes us feel good to say that when we lose someone, but we have to realize that doing good as the world standard is just not enough. There is a song by Molly Music called Heaven, and I'm about to try to rap it. <laughs> but he'd be like, this is, the, this is how it started out. So if you go listen to the song, you'd be like, oh, this is the part. Jumping out of the frying pan into the fire, always screaming out the devil is a liar. Truth is, we've all lost touch, and I don't think the devil talking that much. I threw that in there, y'all, because look, sometimes 
sometimes it ain't the devil that's keeping us from heaven, okay? It's us. We always talk about, oh, the devil is a lie. Oh, the devil did this. Oh, the devil been busy. The devil been, mm. And real life, you ain't been in your word, okay? You've been dibbling and dabbling and stuff that you don't know you ain't got no business in. You got tired of waiting on God, so you went to go see a psychic. You can't even spend 15 minutes with God, but you can go do yoga for an hour. Hmm. But the devil is a liar, though. He said it. I don't think the devil talking that much. And that's that's the real. That's real, Molly. Okay, that's real. I don't think the devil talking that much either. I think it's a lot of us in there. A lot of us. So just wanted to throw that in that um, the thing that's going to get you to heaven, yo, is, <laughs> look, the Bible said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father except through me, through Jesus. All right? Through Jesus. There are plenty of people who have quote-unquote morals. They decide they want to treat people right, but they aren't saved. And because of that, they aren't truly you know, doing good or pleasing God in the way that they should. Um, some of you might be thinking, well, Shayna, you said that we're born into sin. Okay, you know, what that mean? Like, what you trying to say? Um, Psalms 51 and 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. So from conception, y'all, we were born, we're literally born into sin. Genesis 8 and 21 says, And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. The intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. That's just how it is, y'all. That is just how it is. And we don't experience that renewing power until we give our lives to God. Romans 8 and 8 says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Let me say that again. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God, okay? So we over here talk about they did all this good on the earth, but were they were they uh, operating from their flesh? Hmm? Did they give their life to God? Did they confess with their mouth? Did they believe in their heart? And please don't get me wrong. Like, we don't know what people do in the last few seconds that they are alive. So please don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know where people at. But I'm just saying. You know what I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying? I hope this is making sense. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, I literally, like, you don't know what somebody may have. They may have confessed and believed in their heart right before they passed away. And, hey, look, at the end of the day, God is the judge. God is the one who does the judging, but I just want to speak to y'all on what the word says concerning this matter. I don't want anyone to be going through life thinking that just because they did good, just because they um, gave some money to a charity that they all set. It's not, it's not just about that. Um, the renewing of your mind is what causes you to be good when you have the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Y'all want to know what good is? 
What's good is the will of God. If you are not walking in the will of God, you cannot just say, oh, I did good. Oh, she did good. Oh, she lived a good life. Was she in the will of God? Was he in the will of God? Okay, because that is what's going to help us discern. Right. When I think about good deeds, you know, and people that we were so crushed and hurt by, I look, I'm just going, this is what the Holy Spirit gave me when I was doing this outline. I think about Michael Jackson. I think about Whitney Houston. I think about Kobe and how these people were so big in the world. Like people looked up to them. People love Whitney voice. People were uh, just astonished by Michael Jackson's music and his talent, Kobe. I shoot, I remember being a kid, I'm not even a basketball player, but I remember shooting the uh, little paper balls in the trash talking about Kobe, you know, like I as well know it. But I want to bring to your attention Mark 8 and 36. It says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Now, again, like I said earlier, I don't know what happened in the last moments of their life. Okay, so I can't speak to that. But all I want to express to y'all is that what does it profit you to gain this world, to gain the acceptance of this world, all to lose your soul because you were so concerned about the glory and the approval of the world versus the glory that comes from God. Let me tell you how the enemy likes to lie in this. See, success as it is defined by the world is one of the playgrounds of the enemy. Think about all the celebrities that we see that we find out later are in turmoil. Folks who do good, quote unquote, they appear happy and then they took their lives, right? See, we think that if we attain success in the way that the world says it, we'll be happy will present to people that, yo, I lived a good life. You see you see what level I achieved in life? And a lot of those people who were in that and had that idea and did not know that there was more to it, the enemy used that. He used that arena, okay? Let me lavish you with good things, you know? Let me make you feel like you did good because you just gave to this charity. Let me make you feel good by starting this foundation. For some reason, they still weren't happy. For some reason, they turned to drugs. For some reason, they had perverse actions and perverse thoughts, right? For some reason, they took their own lives. Hmm. But if we just go after God's heart, if we allow God to transform us and renew our minds, and we walk in the will that he has for our life, then we will do what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect in his plan for us. We can't go through this episode. Okay, first of all, let me lighten it up a little bit. I feel like, ooh, I feel like it just got a little quiet. Uh, you know, listen, like I said on the last episode, if you feel in any type of way, take it to God because I'm just the messenger. <laughs> I want to lift things up a little bit. God's word is not always going to feel good, okay? You know, that's why I would say beware of preachers, pastors, ministers, prophets that always speak only to like, oh, you're going to be prosperous. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Because there are things in the word, right, that is telling us how to live, how to move, how to change. And a lot of times it don't feel good, 
because of our flesh. All right. So take this time. If you need to pause it, if, if what I was saying made you feel away, because I just feel like I need to say this, take that time. Just let it soak in, you know, and I pray that God will allow you to continue to have an open heart to listen. Speaking of God, <laughs> so we're going to talk about God's goodness now. Okay, we're going to we're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast, okay? And this scripture is very important because it lets us know that grace is the reason why we are saved through faith. Grace, God's grace. It's not because of anything we've done. It cannot amount to anything we do on this earth, any works that we do. It's because of grace, okay? And the reason why it's not a result of what you can do. It said that no one person can boast over another. So I can't say, oh, I gave money to three charities this month. That means that I'm saved through faith. Or A, I'm going to heaven because I started a nonprofit organization. I was able to reach 50,000 people. Like, no, that's not what it's about. Okay, and that's the, that's the reason why. See, God knew. He, he knew. He knew, okay? And that's why he was like, nope. <laughs> by grace, you have been saved through faith, not by anything that you have done, okay? 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So again, anything that you're doing, they, they, they tell you whether you're eating or drinking. So surely, if you feel that you're doing something good, it, it should be done to the glory of God. So whatever you're doing that is, appears to be good, if it's not for God's glory, then there's a problem. There needs to be a check there. We want to recognize what good is in God's eyes. All right. So what pleases God? What is good in his eyes? We kind of touched on that earlier, but I'm going to bring it here again and kind of talk about it a little deeper. Doing his will. That is good. That is the good that we're talking about. That's the good. That's enough good. <laughs> is doing his will. Ephesians 6 and 6 says, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Everything just ties into each other, y'all, because how can you do the will of God from your heart if you haven't confessed from your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord? If you don't do that initial change, that initial shift, that initial transformation, how can you do the will of God from your heart? How can you operate outside of the flesh, right? So everything connects. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Again, speaking to God's will and God's plan for our life. Those good works, the good works that we are created for are attached to God's will for our lives. It was prepared beforehand. Colossians 3 and 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So here we are again. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving God the glory. Galatians 6 and 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so here, this scripture in particular is one of my favorite scriptures. But when they say, let us not grow weary of doing good. It's not the, the, the good that we have defined as good. It is the good 
will of God. It's doing, don't grow weary of doing God's will for your life, okay? Don't grow weary um, doing what God has placed you to do in this season, okay? Because if you do not grow weary, you will reap. Psalms 37 and 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Matthew 10 and 38 says, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That one hits for me because it's like, oh, dang, I'm not worthy of you, okay? But that is like so real. That is so real. It is another example of what doing good looks like. It's taking up your cross. It is dying to yourself daily, dying to your flesh daily, all right? That is what good looks like in God's eyes. Colossians 3 and 5 says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So Colossians gives us a list and they even let us know like, yo, put to death this stuff because it's not good. (laughs) It is not good at all. And in order to do good that is pleasing of God, you don't want to have these things in you. You don't want to be acting on these things. You don't want these things in your heart. All right, we're going to sum everything up. We just kind of broke it down. So now we're going to sum everything up. Goodness to God is belief in him. Believe that Jesus died for your sins, right? Repentance and sacrifice. Repenting of your sins and also um, presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Submission. Yielding to God and submitting your ways. It's not my way, God. It's your way. Having that relationship. Do you know who God is in order to know what he considers to be good and pleasing in his sight? Obedience. His will. Okay. Acts 5 and 29 says, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. So obeying God and his will, despite what men say, despite what men think, um, and then dying daily. Does your lifestyle represent Christ? Galatians 2 and 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, so good to God is living a life that represents him. And the only way you can do that is if you continue to pick up your cross each day, if you continue to crucify the flesh, right? And be more like God each day. That is the only way you're going to truly do good in his eyes. So I really enjoyed giving y'all a list um, last episode. And I believe God knew that. (laughs) So he gave me another list to leave y'all with. And I really hope that it will help you in evaluating your life in its current state. And just evaluating where you could do better, you know, what things could you work on so that you can do good and do actual good, do the real good, not the worldly good. Um, So 10 ways to do good the way God intended. The first one is to have faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him, okay? So in order to do good the way that God intended, we must have faith. It says here clearly it is impossible to please God without faith, okay? We have to, first of all, believe that he exists and know that he exists. And when we do that, we draw closer to him, and then he rewards us when we seek him, 
right? And so you cannot live through this life without faith, right? <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible to please God without it. The very belief in Jesus is faith, right? This is a faith. The Bible, the word, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit is the faith. It's the faith. Okay, so you have to have that in order to do good the way God intended. The second thing is to give. Hebrews 31 and 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. We please God when we give to others, when we share. You know, when we put other people's needs before our own, we are doing good the way God intended. Number three is obedience. 1 John 3 and 22 says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what please him. All right, so it is pleasing to God to obey him. Um, in order to do good the way God intended, we must be able to obey his word, obey his commandments, obey um, what it is that he is asking you to do on a daily. Number four is to revere. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love, okay? So in order to do good the way God intended, we must fear him, we must reverence him, we must worship him. We must identify who it is that we are truly serving. We, tr we serve an almighty God, an amazing God, okay? Number five, discernment. Ephesians 5 and 8 through 10 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So in order to do good the way God intended, you must be able to discern what is good and what is right and what is true. And that happens when you have received God's Holy Spirit that will help guide you and help discern in the matters that are pleasing to God. Number six, praise. Psalm 69, 30 to 31. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. So we must praise. We must praise. In order to do good the way that God intended, we have to praise his name, okay? Love, Mark 12 and 33, and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. So God is telling you, love me with all your heart, okay, with all your mind, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and also love your neighbor as yourself. That is pleasing to God, okay, and that is doing good in God's eyes. Number eight, worship. Romans 12 and 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So we mentioned this scripture earlier, and I've mentioned it in prior episodes, but it's very important. Um, oh, in order to do good the way that God intended, we do have to present our bodies as a living sacrifice right? Holy and acceptable. So keeping yourself pure, keeping your body holy, right? That is spiritual worship. Your body is a temple, okay? So doing good and and, and I'm talking about the, the worldly good, right? So let's say for instance, I am, I started an organization for sex positivity, but I'm promoting within that organization 
sexual freedom and other identities that are outside of what God's word says. And I live my life and I'm like, well, I'm doing good because I am letting people know about sex and I'm making sure people feel secure in sex. And, you know, um, and, and that is a worldly agenda. Okay. Because if you were doing good the way that God intended, well, first of all, there'll be a lot of things that came before that step. But, um, one of the things would be is that you would not be promoting our bodies in that sense, right? We would be, we want to, we want to secure the sanctity and the holiness of our bodies and, and teach people why it's important to keep yourself holy. Number nine is a clean heart and a clean mouth. Psalms 19 and 14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So we want to have a a clean heart and a clean mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we need to make sure that we have a clean heart. And that means that the words are coming out of our mouths will be clean as well. And then number 10, knowledge of God. In order to do good the way God intended, Colossians 1, 9 through 10 says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So with the knowledge of God, y'all, we are able to be filled with the knowledge of his will, okay? And we'll have wisdom and understanding so that we can walk and go forth in a way that is worthy, you know, in a way that is pleasing to God. So we have to have the knowledge of God. And like I said, everything kind of comes full circle all together. All of these things work together to do the good that God is pleased with. I don't want anybody that listens to this. I mean, people who also doesn't hear it, but I don't want y'all to go through life thinking that just being a good person by way of morals or by way of what the world defines as good is going to be fully satisfying. It's going to get you to heaven. It's going to, you know, make you be the happiest person you could be. Like, that's not true. You know, that's that's a lie of the enemy. And the only true way is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and begin that, that journey to the true freedom in Christ and the true good for the rest of your days. I don't want you to get to that point where you up there with God and God like, sorry to this man. <laughs> I wouldn't even know who it is. Sorry to this man. I don't want you to get to that point. All right. And I believe that's why this is so important. Um, I believe this is why the Holy Spirit has this, this episode going forth because there is confusion about what good is. Um, it's so easy to just say like, oh, I mean, well, they're a good person. Well, are they a good person? Who Whose definition of good are you using? Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Okay, look, let me tell y'all, I don't want that for you. 
<laughs> I don't want that for me, okay? Seriously, what we think is good, what the world thinks is good, does not line. If it don't line up with the will of God, it's not good. Point blank, period. There we go. There you have it. That's all, folks. <laughs> no, but um, I don't want any of us to get to that point where God is like, I never knew you. Mm. Depart from me. All this time, you was on earth doing what you want to do, speaking in God's name even. And he still was like, I never knew you. So let's let's check our hearts today. Let's go before God, all right? Let's submit our plans. Let's submit our will to him. If you are listening and you're like, you know what? I thought I was doing good. But <laughs> after listening to this, I'm way off base. Or you know what? I believe in God. You know, I believe in Jesus, but I haven't been bold enough to speak out on it. You know, I was too busy wanting the approval of man versus the greatest approval that comes from God. And that's okay. I want you to take this moment to close your eyes, be real about the place that you're in, really check your heart, really come before God. Let him know, like, Father God, I, I repent for not being bold enough to speak your name for seeking the approval of man instead of the approval of yours. And I believe it in my heart that Jesus died for my sins and that he rose again. And God, I want to live my life for you. So today I pick up my cross, Father. I pick up my cross and I walk with you. Like we talked about in relationship goals, now is not the time to not be connected. It is by grace and mercy that you are here that you are in this position to get things right, okay? Some people died before they could take this moment. They even knew about Jesus, but they didn't want to confess it. They didn't want to um, change their life. They didn't want the. They didn't want to let God transform their mind, and they were gone before they had the opportunity to make this decision. So please. Please don't waste any more time. Don't waste it. It's because of God's grace and his mercy that we are here today, living, breathing, moving. And I want the best life for you. I want all that God has for you, exceedingly and abundantly. But it starts with that yes. It starts with that surrender. It continues with obedience. Keep seeking God, okay, y'all? Keep seeking God. We're seeking him together. I really appreciate every person that has been going on this journey with me, that has been tuning in to the episodes. It honestly has been amazing. I appreciate everybody that has done a review or has messaged me or called me or anything to tell me, you know, just how they've connected. And this is all God. It's all for his glory. So if you were like, yo, I am starting over today. Lord, I'm giving you I'm giving you all of me. Then definitely go ahead and click that link and let us know that you gave your life to God or you returned to God today and we will love to add you to our private Facebook group. Also, if you haven't, follow us on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, Beauty for Ashes podcast is how you can look us up. And if you are looking to follow me, um, that's underscore, underscore, beautiful peace on Instagram. Until next time, y'all, be blessed. Peace.